All right. Well, it's good to be back, and I'm sad we missed last week, but I heard it was amazing, and uh, it's fun that you guys aren't staring into the sun, you know, when someone's leading worship or preaching. So, you know, it's kind of cool looking this way, too, so except for all you lot. Other than that, it's lovely. No, I'm just kidding. Just playing. All right. Um, well, we're... Um, Today's a special day, obviously. Uh, we're going to do some baptisms out at Saltburn. Now listen, we're, gonna, we're just going to be patient going to Saltburn, okay? You know the entire Northeast is driving to Saltburn right now, okay? Because it's the prettiest day we've had other than yesterday, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's so you know it's going to be chocker all the way out there. So don't stress out. We're not going to eat all the fish and chips before you get there. We're not going to baptize anybody till you get there. It's going to be great fun, okay? So don't panic. Um, but it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing day because, um, you know, the Lord's blessed and we've seen people come to faith and uh, it's been a cool journey to watch all that happen. And so we're going to get to baptize. You're going to hear from those three ladies in a moment um, about their story of faith and we'll talk a little bit about baptism uh, in a few minutes. But my challenge in 15 minutes is to talk about naturally supernatural stuff, all right? And so we're going to pick up uh, on the series uh, this morning. And I've got really four words that I think the Lord gave me to, to share this morning. Uh, and they all start with an E and they have an M, E-M in them. And so they should be easy for you to remember, all right? Um, they're not normal. It's not like you just use these words, you know, in your normal vernacular, like you know, uh, embody is the first one, you know, so it's not like you, you just walk around and say embody, right? So, um, cause that would be weird, right? But the idea here is that uh, these four words I think are, are significant for us as a church. Um, and so I want to, we're going to walk through those four words and, and just kind of land on them and, and let the Lord speak to us, um, from, from the word. Okay. And so, I've got a million notes here. This one says, milk, please, which I have no idea what that's for. That was a previous uh, note. Um, but anyway, so let me pray for us, shall we? And we'll pick it up in Acts chapter 17, a passage I think speaks to us about naturally living supernatural. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, uh, we invite you to speak to us this morning. And God, we know that um, you take your word and you you drive it deep down into our hearts by your Holy Spirit. And so we pray that you would take your living, sharp, active word, empowered by the Holy Spirit, that it would drive down deep into our hearts. And God, we would be different men and women because of our encounter with you this morning. Um, and God, that it would, it would change us the way we live uh, away from this building, away from this place, as we live and move and have our being in you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name, Amen. So, um, I, I, I believe this passage of scripture I'm going to read to you to start out with is really significant because it's how we should be doing life. Um, and so, Acts chapter 17, verse 24 through 28. I'll just read the passage, um, and then we'll get going here. It says that the God who made the world and everything in it is Lord of heaven and earth, and does not live in temples built by human hands. He lives in, you are the holy temple that God lives in. You're the temple, the Bible says, of the Holy Spirit. So he lives in you. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. 
Ironically, He doesn't need you to do anything, but He wants you to be involved in His supernatural activity across uh, the northeast of England, across Teesside, across Thornaby. He doesn't need you, but He wants you. Rather, He Himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man He made all the nations that, that they should inhabit the whole earth, and He marked out their appointed time in history and the boundaries of their lands. In other words, I believe it's no mistake that you're in the room today. That God has uniquely knit you together and brought you to this place for this moment in time. God did this so that He, that they would seek Him and perhaps reach out for Him and find Him. Though He is not far from any one of us. Verse 28 is kind of the launching pad for in Him we live and move and have our being. One of my favorite verses in the book of Acts. Because it speaks about the power of us living supernaturally in our natural earthly existence, moment by moment, day by day, as we experience Him, we live in Him and move and have our being. And you are the agent uh, that God is going to use to, to see life change happen. And so, four words that begin with E, alright? The first one is the word embody. And, and that, you know, again, I always say I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I'm more of a butter knife. That guy that has to go to dictionary.com to know what every word means. But the idea here is, is that you and I were an expression or give tangible or visible form to. Be an expression of or give a tangible or visible form to an idea, a quality, a feeling. Embody. And so the first thing, the first E I want you to put in your notes or write down, or some of you are so switched on, you, you'll be able to remember all these E's, and I'm going to give you a quiz out at the beach just in case. All right, but the idea here is embody. So Jesus embodies our values. Jesus embodies who we, who we want to be and who we, who we want to become. And, 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 and there's an idea here that I think Jesus loved the Word of God. Okay. Now we have the full expression, the full Old Testament, New Testament, the Scriptures, the Holy Scriptures. But Jesus, we know He loved the Word of God because straight out of the chute, straight out of His mouth, Jesus is talking about the Word all throughout His ministry. I mean, early days, from, uh, from the moment He was in the wilderness and being tempted when the enemy came three different times, Jesus responded with the full counsel of God's Word. When, when Jesus would speak to people and minister to people, they would ask Him, and He would say, you've heard it said that. And He's referencing the Word of God. And so, Jesus embodied the passion and the love and the pursuit of God's Word. And I think as we think about naturally living supernaturally, you and I have to have that deep in us, a desire to know and embody the values that Jesus values. And that is, He loved the Word. And you and I, listen, we have to become people of this book. If we want to live naturally supernatural, have you read this book? I mean, my gosh, there's so many incredible things that happen in this book. And you and I wouldn't know how to model that and live that out if we don't reference this and live our lives based on the Scriptures. And so, 
the, the first idea is that Jesus embodies the value and He loved the Word. The second thing that I think Jesus values and embodies for us, not just the Word, but people. Every time you see Jesus at work in the full fullness of the kingdom, He's ministering to people, isn't He? He's loving people. I mean, I've got a list of several verses of Scripture. And I'm just going to click through them really, really quick. The first one, John chapter 4. Uh, Jesus uh, is, is moving, is walking, He's doing His thing, He's ministering to people. And He comes up to this well, and He's thirsty. And this woman rocks up. Now, she's a Samaritan. And Jews and Samaritans don't like each other. They hated each other. Jesus is a man and she's a woman. So two straight things, straight away, Jesus is not supposed to talk to her, right, in their culture. Well, what does Jesus do? Jesus speaks life into her. He cares about her. He reaches into her life and begins to tell her things. Jesus values people. Zacchaeus, another uh, Luke chapter 19, another picture. A guy that was hated by the world and nobody cared about. And we sing really fun songs about him because he was a wee little man, right? But the idea is that, that it didn't matter to Jesus what the world thought. Jesus reached into Zacchaeus' life and spoke life into him. Um, the woman caught in adultery, John chapter 8. Again, a, another moment where the, the Pharisees tried to create a moment to catch Jesus in, in a difficult situation. And that literally this woman was caught in adultery and dragged before Jesus. I believe she was unclothed, okay? As awkward as that feels. That's really what happened. And Jesus um, knelt down in the sand and began to write in the sand. I believe there's a great teachable moment there for us as followers of Christ. Men, we ought to guard our hearts and our minds and our eyes, shouldn't we? Anyway, that's a whole other preach. We'll do that another time. Especially not on Father's Day. But, you know, we'll get there. But the, but the idea here is, what, is, what does Jesus do? A, a moment when He could have, by law said she deserves to die. But what does He do? Let the one that's sinless cast the first stone. <laughs> and the Scripture says from the oldest to the youngest, they dropped their stones and walked away. They literally dropped their rocks and, and walked away. And so what, what, what is He saying? What, what's, what's the point here? Jesus values people. It doesn't matter how broken your past is. It doesn't matter how challenged uh, your moment, this moment is Jesus embodies the value and love for people. And we, we could go on and on. There's a, a woman in, in uh, Scripture where it says the woman had this, she was bleeding. She had a, an issue of blood, internal bleeding. And all she wanted to do was just touch the hem of Jesus' garment. If she could just get to Jesus, then, then she knew that the power of God would heal her, Right? And Jesus is busy. People are pressing in and all of this is going on around him. And Jesus senses that there's a woman in need that powers left his body and he turns and he looks at her. And he says, he speaks to the woman in the midst of this crazy crush of people. And it always reminds me that as followers of Jesus Christ, as we embody the values of Christ, we need to walk slowly through the crowd, don't we? And not be in such a rush to get our little personal agendas done, but we're going to live in such a way that people matter. So Jesus loves the Word, and Jesus loves people, and He embodies those for us. The Scripture says in Colossians 1, 19 and 20, For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him. 
and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. Jesus embodies the values that we want to have. Now listen, here's the deal. As a follower of Christ, as a Christian, Christ in you, you embody the same things that Jesus has. Because all of the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Him. When you and I trust Jesus Christ as our Savior, all of the fullness of the Spirit of God fills your life, baptizes you in the Spirit, if you will, and you are His child, His anointed son or daughter. And you carry the same values or the potential to as you and I yield our lives to this book and as we surrender our lives moment by moment to the Spirit of God, we can embody the values of what it looks like to be kingdom-minded. So embody. So just a natural question right here would be, how, how are you doing with that? Are you, are you seeing Jesus and the power of God embodied in your life? Are you carrying the presence and hosting the power and the authority of God as you, in Him, we live and move and have our being? Now here's the deal. You may not sense that or feel that. You may not be experiencing that. And, and that's, that's why we're doing this series, is to kind of talk through how in the world do we walk in the power and the authority and embody the things, the kingdom things that Jesus wants us to embody. And so that's the first word, embody. The second word is the word empower. Now, not only did Jesus show us how to, to live, how to love the word and how to love people, but he empowers us to do this. The power is not yours. It doesn't come from you. It comes from a surrendered life to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit empowers you. So empower is to give someone the authority or power to do something. That's what empowerment means. And so when Jesus Christ ascended to heaven, He gave us the authority and the power. Jesus empowers you and me to live a certain way. Let's look at several verses real quick. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now that's a fragment of a long passage, 18 through 20, 18, 19, and 20. And I just pieced those two together, verse 18 and verse 20, because we're going to pick up verse 19 in just a second. But the idea is that God has given us, empowered us with all authority and, and power to do the things that God's called us to do. But you will receive power. This is Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. John chapter 14, verse 12. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing and they will even do greater things than these because I go to the Father. Greater things. And can, you, can you wrap your mind around that? That God's calling us to walk and live in the authority. He's empowering us to do the things that Jesus did and greater things. Now here's, here's the challenge. I believe the church, that's not the building, it's the body, it's us. 
I believe the church tends to camp around a sermon or an idea or a thought. And that, that is healthy and good to a point. Israel, though, watch the difference here. Israel, when they experienced the fire by night, right? When, when they experienced the fire by night and the cloud by day, what, what did they do? They camped around the presence of God, right? So, quite honestly, we need to, as believers, love the Word and be fed the Word moment by moment, day by day. That's you and that's me experiencing the, the power of God speaking to us day by day in the Word. We should gather around, as Hebrews chapter 10 says, like today and like later at the beach. Listen, church is not in a building. It's wherever we are collectively. So in your home groups, your, your our connect groups that are happening all across, that, that's the body of Christ gathering together. And we should gather around God's Word. That's important. But we also want to live and be drawn to the presence of God. I believe He speaks through His Word. But I also believe He speaks through worship as we sing. I believe He speaks through prayer as we pray. I believe He speaks through men and women as they speak into your life. I believe all of that is real and we should camp around the presence of God and kind of begin the idea. Listen, I'm not saying, listen, I'm a Word guy. I'm not saying don't walk in the Word. I am a Scripture guy. I think we all need to be bathing our hearts, saturating our soul with the Word of God. And it's your responsibility, not the preacher's. It's yours. You've got to own it. So I'm, I'm a Word guy. You have to be memorizing Scripture and letting it impact your life and do it spiritual surgery that, that begins to shape you. But we have got to seek and encounter the, word, the, the Lord and, and His presence as we worship Him. As we pray, as we gather in ones and twos and threes together. And let's, let's be in the presence of the Lord, encountering God, cultivating an awareness of when God speaks and how He's speaking to you. Yesterday, Cookie and I drove to Preston because we have a, a mission team for the first time in Preston, serving with one of our uh, couples over there from Youth for Christ in Preston. And we, we went out to this city center and there was a big dance thing going on and, and Love Preston, which is really cool, was, was ministering and, and trying to pray with people and invite people to, to encounter the Lord. And this, this guy walked up and I knew he was a preacher straight away because he was the only guy there with a tie on, okay? And, and it's old school preacher guy, right? And, and so we start to talk and, and I'm encouraged by what he's doing. Now, I believe it's a bit old school what he's doing, right? Out sharing Jesus. Hello. Old school as in all the way back to Acts chapter 2. Not old school like tired way to do it. Old school as in all the way back to the second chapter of Acts. We're supposed to be out sharing Jesus. And so I just we just stop and Cookie and I and, and Nate, the Youth for Christ guy, we just, can we pray for you as you're out here on the street just ministering? And so, just being prompted by the Lord. So what does it look like to live naturally supernatural? It's you and I being empowered by God, encountering Him, being aware of what He's saying, and then acting on it. 
that you and I experience all that God has for us. Um, I, I just think that Jesus' lifestyle is our model. In Him, we live and move and have our being. What is He doing? He is hanging out with people. He is obviously God with skin on. But, but hey, guess what? We are, we are God's children, empowered by God to live like Jesus lived. Right? Full of Jesus. Full of the Spirit of God. Let's, let's live the Jesus lifestyle. Um, when I was a kid, I had a lawn mowing business. And I think I've told you all this before. Uh, different crowd today, obviously. But um, I, I, uh, when I was 12, uh, I started mowing yards. And I bought a Toro mower. Okay? Nice mower, Ian. Good, good, good engine. Little side bag, you know, this was before bags were a big deal. We're talking like 1974, okay? And so I'm cutting grass and I'm doing my thing and I'm making money because that's what you do. You got to make some money when you're a kid, right? And I'm, I'm the lawnmower guy. I've got business, I've got like cards and flyers and I've got probably eight lawns that I'm doing. I'm actually turning a pretty good profit for a 12, 13 year old kid. Well, my lawnmower breaks because I didn't take care of it properly, as you would guess from a 12, or a 13-year-old. So one of the yards is an older couple. And he says, listen, I'll let you use my lawnmower. Right? And because I, I can't cut my grass anymore. And so I said, that's fine. So I go up to his house. He lives on a hill. And he's a pretty steep incline. And I'm using this guy's lawnmower. And it's not like a Toro, a little swifty. You know, I can move it around really fast. And as I'm working this guy's mower, I am like having the hardest time working his mower. And he comes out. I'm like halfway through the front. And he, it's taken me longer than normal. And he comes out to me with a glass of lemonade, of course, because I was sweating. And he goes, listen, if you'll, if you'll take this lever and engage it, it's self-propelled. Would have been helpful for you to tell me that halfway through. Now, you know this. If you've ever used a self-propelled mower, it's very difficult to push a self-propelled mower. Right? It doesn't move like a normal little lawnmower. Especially my little Toro. It was a, it was a dream. My little red Toro. Anyway, but so halfway through, he finally tells me that there, you've got to engage the power. That's what he's saying. Folks, we've got to engage the power. He's, he's empowered us but most of us, if I'm honest, we're just grinding away, doing our thing, trying to get it done. And what God's saying is, all power and authority has been given to you. You and I have to engage the power of God in our lives. The next word is the word embolden. It's a great word, isn't it? Most of us are like, what the heck does that mean? I said the same thing. Give someone the courage or confidence to do something. Let's see, what hinders the power of God in our life? Let's be honest. What's the number one hindrance to the power of God in our life? What is it? Fear is number one, I think. I think the first thing we do is, man, if, if, God, wants, if God wants to do something through me, I'm going to have to get out there. And most of us are like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this because I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what people think. I'm afraid of what might happen. And quite honestly, I might be like, I don't know, I'm not even sure I want, I want to see the power of God, right? Because we might be like blown away by it. That's, that's the number one fear. The number two is sin. 
I mean, not, not to be all preacher like this morning, but honestly, our sin hinders the power of God in us. And, and so the idea here is that God's emboldened us. He's given us all the authority and the power. We've, we've been given, He's empowered us, and He's, he's emboldening us to say, listen, I'm going to do this for the glory of God. And we have to measure in our hearts. Am I going to lean on my own strength? Or am I going to lean on His strength? Am I going to guard my heart and my mind and my eyes and my lifestyle in such a way that I'm honorable as a child of God? I'm a vessel worth filling, right? Because our flesh cries out, doesn't it? And fear tracks deep in and sin can creep in and begin to destroy. But God's given us all that we need in Christ Jesus, emboldening us to have the courage to do something. Fear holds us back. Listen, hold on to that word. God wants you to be a bold follower of Jesus Christ. And go for it. Go for it. I mean, yesterday when we just said, hey, can we pray for you? That guy might have like, no, you can't. As a matter of fact, there were multiple people that he was talking to that wouldn't let him pray with him. It doesn't mean you shouldn't listen to God and respond in obedience and say, yeah, I really need to pray over you today. You know? Or have the courage to share Christ with your friend. Or have the courage to knock on a door of someone that you know is having a struggle. Let's live in the power and the boldness that God is calling us to live in. The next word is the word employ. It's the word employ. And basically, it's to give work to someone. Now listen. Matthew chapter 9 paints a picture of labor and hard work. Jesus is calling people in that picture of Matthew chapter 9, 35 through 38. It's about the harvest field. And it's hard work being a farmer. And Jesus is employing you and me to go to work. That's what it is. That's what the call is today. That His only solution is to employ you and to employ me to go out and make a difference in the world that we live in. So the question is, will you? The question is, will you answer the call this morning to be employed by God to do the natural things in your life, moment by moment, in a supernatural way. How you live your life. The Scripture there says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you as a follower of Christ. In other words, you're to make disciples who make disciples. You and I are employed in kingdom work every single day not just on Sundays not just once a week not just occasionally moment by moment day by day we're employed in God's kingdom work listen um, I, I get the whole idea that, that you, you get a wage for working right I mean that that's understandable and with that wage you exist you, you buy food and groceries. 
you you pay the utility bills, uh, you do all those things, don't you? And and that's the that's the wage you receive for work done. Um, our wages are different in the economy of God. God's calling you and me to to work for Him, to serve Him, to experience all that He has for us. And you know what? The reward is way different. The check per se that you receive, the deposit that you get for serving the Lord Jesus is way different than man's economy. And in many ways, we're kind of stuck in our minds about how that works. God wants to unleash in you the power and the supernatural and for you to live and move and have your being in Him. Right? And sometimes we, we want to see tangible things like deposits in our bank account. You might see that. But you know what? You might not. It doesn't mean we sow and serve and give and go any less. Because we might not see all the deposit or the return that we think we're going to see. We just got to keep going. We just got to keep serving. We just got to keep giving. We got to just keep living that way. Because ultimately, you come to a day like today when you start to see the signs of spiritual fruit, spiritual favor, spiritual investment. And so, uh, let's go to work. Let's, let's sign up this morning for kingdom living. Let's sign up this morning for commission living. We're going to go and make disciples who make disciples. And we're going to baptize them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. And we must go in His power and in His authority and in His giftings. And we're going to talk about that in the days to come. But today, we celebrate the fruit of being employed in the work of the Lord Jesus in kingdom work. And so in a, in a few moments, you're going to hear testimony of three people who've been invested in. Three people that God's been at work in. And as a result of living in a supernatural way, naturally, these three folks have encountered Jesus. And we're going we're gonna to hear from them in just a moment. Uh, Vanessa's going to bring them up here one by one. But I want to talk to you about why baptism really quick. Well, first of all, God commands us to baptize, right? The Bible says, um, as you share Christ and as you invest in people, uh, this is the Mike Taylor paraphrase, as you invest in people, as you share Christ, as they come to know Him, you're to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And as we experience life, you're going to encounter people who need Jesus. They trust Christ and they follow Him in baptism. So the first reason we baptize is because God commanded us to do it. Right? He's told us to do this. The second reason we baptize, uh, as if we needed another one, because Jesus commanded us to, but the second reason we baptize is because of the story that it tells. Okay? Baptism is a sermon. So later when we get out, uh, I'm glad we're doing this here because it's always really hard to hear out there and people can share their stories here and, and we can talk about why baptism. And then when we get out there, we can just have a party and baptize and eat. 
Not in that order, but you know how that works. But, but the idea is when we baptize someone, we're telling a story, right? So when they stand in the ocean, this is my best impersonation of an ocean, okay? Okay. All right, you with me? So that's the ocean. When they stand in the North Sea in a little while, and I'm, I'm excited I'm not baptizing today. However, it's really hot, but the seals still be freezing. Anyway, so when they stand in the ocean, in the sea, that's a picture of the cross. Their life and the sea tell the story, don't they? And so when they're standing there, they're saying, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, this earth suit, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself up for me. Galatians 2.20. So they're telling a story with their life. They're standing in the, in the sea and they're saying, I've, I've been crucified with Christ. In other words, I've died to myself. I'm going to live naturally supernatural. Tomorrow morning when I wake up, I'm going to, my heart and my mind and my eyes are going to connect with God's Word and it's going to be so big in my life and I'm going to continue to die to myself so that I can live to Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. And then when we dunk them, or when Maddie and others dunk these three into the water, the word baptizo, I don't know many Greek words, but I do know that one. The word baptizo means to plunge under, all right? And so the reason we immerse people in, in the water is because the word baptism means to plunge under. In, uh, in, when the Ethiopian eunuch gave his life to Christ, the Scripture says they went down into the water and came up out of the water. It's a picture of a body of water and people going down into it and being plunged under the water. And so that's why we baptize by immersion. Uh, we don't sprinkle or dip or whatever. We dunk, okay? And because, it, because it tells a story. So when, they, when they're standing in the sea, it's a picture of the cross. I've been crucified with Christ. When we baptize them, when we plunge them under the water, it says, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in the newness of life. And so you see the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ every time we baptize someone. Oh, that we would baptize more people. Wouldn't it be great if we went to Saltburn every week? Even in December. I would baptize in December. Let's be up for this. Let's get excited about Jesus using you to live naturally supernatural so that people come to Christ regularly so that we're making runs out to Saltburn every week. I could do with fish and chips every week. Maybe not, but... I could, probably. But wouldn't it be great to see people coming to faith naturally as we live for Christ and the power of God's working through us and we tell the story of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus regularly rather than occasionally. It's down to us, church. It's down to us saying, sign me up. I want to be a part of God's kingdom work. I want to be a part of a revolution taking place. I want to be a part of a rising tide spiritually. I want to be a part of young people and kids and young adults and even old fogies like myself coming to Jesus Christ and saying, I want more of Him. I'm going to live for Jesus. And if you and I can, can reckon and wrestle with that as, as followers of Christ, in Him we live and move and have our being. He wants to use you to be a part of this. That's, people ask me often, what do you think the most significant thing 
that the Holy Spirit does in the 21st century. You know what I think it is? The most significant thing that God does through the person of the Holy Spirit is to save a lost man or woman or boy and girl's soul. It's the greatest act of the Holy Spirit. It's not the only act. He does far more beyond that. But that single act, I believe, is the greatest act that the Holy Spirit does. The regeneration of a lost person's soul. You want to live naturally, supernatural? And tell people about the greatest thing that could happen in their life. That Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, could invade your soul and change your life. That's the good news, isn't it? That's what it means to live naturally supernatural. Is that we're out caring about people, loving His Word, and telling them about Jesus so that we can do more of this like we're going to do later today. Alright? Let me pray and then Vanessa's going to come and we're going to hear from these cows. Alright? God, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for Your call on our life. Thank You for this opportunity to baptize today. And we, we commit this time to You. Now, speak through these ladies, God. We pray in Jesus' name. Well, actually, excitingly, we've got four people now getting baptized. Isn't that amazing? Um, so if I can just invite Sarah and Helena, Curly and Emily up. I'm just going to introduce you. If you just want to tell us your name. My name's Helena. And how old are you, Helena? I'm 14. And what's your favourite thing to do? Dancing and singing. And then if you just want to read your testimony and tell us why you're getting baptised today. My life before Christ, before I became a Christian, was empty and I didn't really know right and wrong. My life was so focused on the things that were so life-taking and not worth my time. I realised what I was getting my security and happiness from couldn't satisfy me like the Lord's love and guidance. I gave Christ full control of my life in September 2016. Jenna Fraser, a gap year worker, was one of the camp champions at my local park. I just kept hearing the gospel and for some reason wanted to know a lot more. I ended up talking to Jenna later that day and Jenna invited me to St. Luke's Church in September. September finally came around and I started church and absolutely loved going and attended every Sunday. I felt like a, it felt like a second home to me and so thankfully does. That day, September the 6th, I heard God speak to me saying, you're my child, I've always had a plan for you, and be prepared to leave, be prepared to leave your comfort zone for the greater good. After this, I went home and prayed about it, and realized why so much of the world's population are Christians. I confessed my sins and committed my life to him, and was ready to start transforming lives. I went ahead in accepting Christ because I just had a sense that without him and Jesus dying for us, we wouldn't have a chance to have a personal relationship with him and com- be completely cleansed of our sins. After I accepted Christ, my life changed dramatically and still is. I have a wonderful church building to worship him every Sunday. I am a youth leader in several clubs around the Farnaby estate. My life is now filled with much more happiness. I've grown a big heart for Farnaby and can't wait to see the lives transformed through the gospel. Jesus is working in Teesside. I wouldn't have enough patience without God in helping me. Surrender, verb. 
to give up, hand over, or abandon oneself entirely to something. I feel like God has always, has always had a distinct purpose for me, and baptism is the next step. This might come as a huge shock, for as for many years I hid, lied, and pretended to be someone I wasn't. The pain and struggle hurt, took over me, and I was defeated. Then there was Jesus. He healed the pain, took away the hurt, and showed hope in the struggle. Baptism to me means a fresh start. I come from a family that did not go to church much at all. Just an occasional wedding every so often was the extent of my church. I love that I have a chance to be cleansed of all my sins and have a new life with Jesus Christ as my personal saviour. I thank everybody who has helped me through this amazing journey. I can't thank you all enough. Many blessings. Thanks for listening. Shannon, Sarah, how old are you? 14. And what's your favourite thing to do? Sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's fine too. Um, if you'd like to say your testimony while you're getting baptised. Um, before I met Jesus, my life was kind of like empty and I was making like a lot of like wrong decisions. And like I believed in Jesus, but I didn't have a relationship or follow him. Um, I didn't really live my life the way he'd have wanted me to. But when I was at Soul Survivor a couple of years ago, they asked if you wanted to give your life to God, if you could go to the front. And so I did. And straight after, I felt like a new person. And it's impacted my life because when I'm lost, I feel like I've got like someone to talk to and look towards for guidance. And I know that Jesus like, is happy now with the way I'm living my life. And I want to be baptised because I want to like declare the love I have for God. And I just want to... like live my life like he would have wanted me to. What's your name? Kelly. How old are you, Kelly? 28. And what's your favourite thing to do? Probably be with my friends. Um, basically, same as everyone else, like, before I knew Jesus, like, my life was just nothing really. I used to like go out every weekend and party and I was going to read this but I'm not. <laughs> um, yeah, like 28, I don't know, I've survived before now, 28 years. Um, I only I only knew Jesus because I started going to Lighthouse in Middlesbrough last year um, and I just went for about six months and I was just sat there thinking what a bunch of lunatics, I didn't want to be there. But I kept going anyway and um, the, the uh, pastor one day put, said, uh, if you want to meet Jesus, put your hand up. And I just did. And I was, I was still thinking, what am I doing? I was like, why have I got my hand up? <laughs> and anyway, I, like, I spent like 24 hours after that just crying. I didn't have no idea why. And like, since then, everything's just been like, just amazing. Like, just, I, I'm not, like, I want to get baptized because like, I know that I can't live my own life. I want to give my heart to Jesus and then that's it. What's your name? Emily. And how old are you, Emily? 30. And what's your favourite thing to do? Um, travel, I would say. So, if you want to read your testimony, why you've decided to get baptised? Yeah. Um, so, I've always been to church, I've always known God existed, um, but I never knew the relationship, I was never good enough, I was never, never praised in the right way, and I became a very hateful person, I hated everything, everything that wasn't me, everything that was against me, and I searched 
high and low for things to make me happy, relationships, people, whatever it was, and nothing filled that void. I had a bad year last year and I got a new job. And it just so happened, out of all the offices I could be in, in all the places, there was someone who was a Christian inviting me to an Alpha course. I ended up going on the spiritual day. What? What impression? All right, okay. <laughs> um, and went to an Alpha course. And on the spiritual day, um, it was like Jesus had been knocking for years. And I was like, no, I'm not opening the door here. My eyes were filling up. I was like, no, you're not getting it. Anyway, finally, yeah, that was me crying for like three weeks. (laughs) Um, And anyway, the first person just that popped in my head that I needed to contact was Katie Dudley. I'd seen on her Facebook little bits and bobs. And anyway, we went round for a cuppa. um, And then the next couple of days I was going to church and I came here and ever since that God has um, opened my eyes, he's softened my heart, he's made me a new person. Well done and thank you so much for sharing because it's really nice to hear what God's been doing in your life, and we're all really excited to see you on the beach in Saltburn.